Well, I've had a look around and I think we can safely assume that I now know less about motors than I did when I first lifted up that, that bonnety thing. Now what? Let's just not think about it for the moment and eat brekkie, shall we? Oh, that's a novel idea. Let's stuff ourselves to death. Imagine the headlines. Whales beach themselves in the outback. Mystery bumsticks dead in drag. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. G'day guys, welcome to the Aussie English Podcast, the Aussie English Podcast, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. Whether you want to learn to understand what the flipping hell Aussies are on about when they're having a yarn, as I say in every intro, or you want to actually learn to speak like an Australian, you've come to the right place and that is my Goal. So, the Aussie English Podcast is brought to you by the Aussie English Classroom. That is the online classroom designed to teach you Australian English even faster. You complete courses in there full of lessons and quizzes that cover Australian vocab. And there's heaps of exercises like listening comprehension exercises, phrasal verb exercises, pronunciation, connected speech and grammar exercises designed to take your English to the next level. So, you can try that for a dollar for the first month when you sign up and give it a go at theaussieenglishclassroom.com. Anyway, the opening scene there, guys, the opening scene that I put at the start of this podcast is a scene from the movie Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. In this scene... The main characters, the three main characters are stranded in the desert and they're trying to repair a car. The first voice that you heard there, I don't know if you will have spotted it, but that is Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. He's a famous Australian actor. He has been Mr. Smith in the Matrix series. You might know that line of his, Mr. Anderson, you know, whenever he comes up against Neo. He's also been the elf king Elrond out of the Lord of the Rings movie series. So, you'll know this guy when you see him. Another actor there is also Guy Pearce, who's a famous Australian actor. He's been in loads of Australian films, loads of Hollywood films as well. One of my favourite of his is Memento. And he's also been more recently in Iron Man 3 and the most recent Alien movie. Anyway, this scene is from Priscilla Queen of the Desert, which is a film about two drag performers and a transgender woman. So, a woman who's changing her gender, a man who's changed his gender to be a woman. And these guys are traveling across the desert in Australia to perform their unique style of cabaret. So, they're tr- they're drag performers. They they wear women's clothing and it's very eccentric. It's a big part of gay culture. 
Um, but it's a really hilarious film, guys. So, definitely check it out. You'll learn a lot about Australian culture, especially the kind of clash between gay culture from the cities and the Australians who live in the outback and sort of how they deal with it. So, yeah. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's a great film with some great Aussie actors. I really recommend that you go and check it out. Let's start with a joke as usual, guys. Today, I've got a joke for you. It's a bit of a crummy joke, which you'll get in a sec. But the joke is, why did the bicky go to the hospital? Why did the bicky, a slang term for biscuit, go to the hospital? Because he felt a bit crummy. Badumpsh. Do you get it? He felt a bit crummy. So, crummy in this case, this is a play on words. Crummy in this case, he's feeling crummy. That's spelt C-R-U-M-M-Y. And that means to feel unwell, to feel sad, to feel unhappy. So, I don't feel good today. I feel a bit crummy. However, the pun here is with the word crummy spelt C-R-U-M-B. Why? So, a crumb is a piece of, say, the bicky, a little morsel of food from usually things like bread or biscuits or cookies, whatever it is, that's a crumb. And if a piece of food like that is crummy, it's like it's covered in crumbs or things that resemble crumbs, okay? So, if you eat a biscuit over a table, the surface of the table might become crummy. Anyway, that's the pun there. Why did the bicky go to the hospital? Because he was feeling crummy. So, the pun on the words crummy to feel unwell and the word crummy meaning covered in crumbs. So, today's expression, let's dive into that as usual, guys. Today's expression is to have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. It's a mouthful. A lot of words in there. I think that is probably the longest expression I've ever done on this podcast. So, to have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. And you might also hear this as to have a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock. And remember that roo, a roo or ruse, the plural, many roos, is a slang term. It's the shortened abbreviation version of the word kangaroo. So, this this expression was suggested by Lima in the Aussie English Virtual Classroom Facebook group, guys. If you get on Facebook, you can search Aussie English Virtual Classroom. It's a group where you guys get to do exercises and chat. And every Monday, I put out a post asking for expression suggestions. And then you guys can vote on the expression for the week's podcast. So, let's go through and define the words in the expression to have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. Okay, to have. In this case, to have is to possess. Okay, to possess something, you have something. To possess something, you have it. A few. A few means a small number of something. So, if you have a few ruse, you have a small number of them. You don't have a load of them. You don't have a lot of them. You only have a few of them. A roo, as we said previously, is a kangaroo. Um, Loose, if something is loose, it is not tied up. It is not confined or shut in. For example, if it's a kangaroo or an animal, it's not controlled. So, the thing is free to run around, to do what it wants. It is loose. 
in, I'm sure you guys will know in, if you're in something, you are inside of it, you are within something, and it's the opposite of out or outside of something. The word top, the word top means uppermost, okay? So, if you're at the top of something, you're as high as you can possibly get. You're at the uppermost point. So, the top paddock would be the paddock at the very top, at the highest point, at the uppermost point. And the last word in this long, long, long expression is a paddock, a paddock. Paddock is spelt P-A-D-D-O-C-K, however, I say paddock, okay? Notice the schwa in there. Just a side note, paddock is how it's spelt and how you would say it phonetically, but I say paddock, paddock. So, a paddock is a field or some kind of plot of land that is enclosed by fencing or defined natural boundaries, okay? So, you might go into a forest and there'd be a paddock, a field, a meadow in the middle there, and it's sort of um, defined by natural boundaries like trees. But most commonly, you're going to go to a farm and you're going to see a paddock, which is a plot of land enclosed by a fence. It might be full of wheat. It could have corn in it or sugarcane, or it could have livestock in there like cows or sheep or goats, horses, whatever it is. It's a field that is enclosed by something. So, let's define the expression as usual, guys, to have a few roos loose in the top paddock or to have a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock. This is a very Australian expression, guys, and it means to be crazy, okay, to be insane, to be nuts, to be bananas, to be bonkers. So, it can also mean as well to act, think, or behave in an eccentric, foolish, or nonsensical manner. So, you'll often use this for people who are loopy, crazy, don't have control of their mind, you know, they're a bit strange, or they act in a strange way. You might also hear this as to have a few screws loose. So, I think that's probably where this expression has originated from. That's a sort of American or British one you might hear quite a bit. He's got a screw loose or he has a few screws loose. And Australians have obviously just changed it to make it an Australianism, to make it about Australia, by saying instead of a screw, you've got a few roos loose in the top paddock, okay? Another one similar to this too that I might add is to be a few sandwiches short of a picnic. If someone's a few sandwiches short of a picnic, that's sort of saying that they're a bit dumb or they're a bit strange, okay? So, yeah, anyway, both of these expressions are pretty common in Australia. So, let's go through some examples, as usual, guys, of how I would use this expression, the kinds of contexts you're likely to come across when you hear this expression. Firstly, number one, imagine there's an old lady out in the streets, some old Sheila, and she stands on the corner of a street in the city and she's yelling at strangers. So, she's yelling at people walking by who she doesn't know. She's clearly totally nuts, she's crazy, she's got a screw loose, and she's a total nuffy, okay? So, she's just, she's lost her mind. You might say if you saw this happening, that this lady was just screaming at people in the street, you might say, whoa, this lady has a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock. I think she's got a few screws loose. I think she's got a few roos loose in the top paddock. I think she's nuts. She's crazy. 
She's got a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock. Example number two. All right, example number two. A mate asks you for a loan. He wants to borrow some money. So, he wants you to lend him some money. He wants to borrow some money from you. Maybe it's not a small sum of money either. It's $5,000. So, he wants to borrow 5K from you. He wants to borrow five grand from you. Those are just different ways of saying a thousand, five K, five grand, five thousand dollars. And maybe you ask him, what do you need this money for, mate? You know, is uh, is there some kind of issue? Are you in financial trouble? Um, can you afford to pay for your food or bills? Is that the issue? And maybe he responds by saying, nah, mate, just want to go on a holiday. Just want to take the missus out on a holiday. No, just just need the money for that. That's really it. If he said that to you, you might say to him, do you have a few ruse loose in the top paddock, mate? Why would I give you $5,000? Why would I give you five grand? Why would I give you 5K so that you can go on a holiday? Have you got a few ruse loose in the top paddock, mate? What are you smoking? Are you crazy? Have you got a screw loose? The last example here, guys, is that imagine you have a son who's just bought a new car. It could be a sedan, a wagon, or a ute. Um, for teenage boys in Australia, they'll most often get cars of the brands Holden and Forward. Those are two very popular brands in Australia, and there'll be a bit of rivalry between kids who get these. They, they usually prefer Holden over Forward, or they might prefer Ford over Holden. Anyway, imagine he has spent a bit of moolah, a bit of cash, a bit of money, quite a few bob on souping his car up, okay? So, he's bought the car and then he souped it up, which is a way of saying that he has modified it to be faster, um, to be more powerful. So, now it's really powerful. He goes out one night with his mates hooning around, so driving recklessly. Um, Maybe he does a few burnouts, he does a few doughies and he gets pulled over by a cop. So, a copper pulls him over, a cop pulls him over and he calls you up and tells you that you've been picked up by a cop and taken to the cop shop. So, you've been picked up by a police officer and taken to the police station, the cop shop. You might totally lose your shit at him and ask, you know, have you totally lost your mind? Have you got a few ruse loose in your top paddock, mate? What the hell? What the fuck? Did you think you were doing? You know, you might you might say, what the hell, if you're wanting to be polite, but if you're really furious, you can up that by swearing and saying, what the fuck, okay? So, I don't often swear, but I like adding it in there if it makes sense to give you a bit of context because you might hear it. Anyway, those are the three examples, guys. I hope it helps you understand how to use the expression to have a few ruse loose in the top paddock or to have a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock. It means to be crazy or to act, think or behave in an eccentric, foolish or nonsensical manner. So, let's go through a listen and repeat exercise as usual, guys. This is your chance to practice your pronunciation in English and specifically your Australian pronunciation if you want an Australian accent. Okay, so listen and repeat after me, guys. Let's go. Two. To have. To have a. To have a few. 
to have a few ruse. To have a few ruse loose. To have a few ruse loose in. To have a few ruse loose in the. To have a few ruse loose in the top. To have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. To have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. To have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. To have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. To have a few ruse loose in the top paddock. Good job, guys. Now let's use this expression in a sentence. Let's go. I've got a few ruse loose in the top paddock. You've got a few ruse loose in the top paddock. He's got a few ruse loose in the top paddock. She's got a few ruse loose in the top paddock. We've got a few ruse loose in the top paddock. They've got a few ruse loose in the top paddock.
It's got a few roos loose in the top paddock. Great job, guys. You might notice that I've said that a little more slowly than usual, but I'm really trying to emphasize the connected speech there, guys. So, there's quite a few things going on in those sentences that I just went through, and I'll go through those in the Aussie English classroom. So, there are things that I can see now like contractions of the verb to have, the T-flap is in there, there's a few links between different words as well, and omissions of certain consonants. So, if you want to learn the connected speech used by an Australian, used in those sentences just now, I really recommend joining up to the Aussie English classroom and giving it a go. Remember, it's one buck, one dollar for your first month. I really, really want you to get in there. Give it a go. You've got nothing to lose. And yeah, enjoy it, guys. Anyway, before we finish up, let's go through an Aussie fact today, guys. So, seeing as we were talking about kangaroos in this expression, I wanted to look up and find out who the first European was to come across, to see, to discover, to find a kangaroo. Obviously, Indigenous people had been in Australia for 40 to 60,000 years prior to the European settlement of Australia, the European colonisation of Australia, and so they will have come across kangaroos well and truly before Europeans. But I was interested in seeing who the first European was, and so when I looked this up, it turned out that it was James Cook. So, even though James Cook wasn't the first European to get to Australia or to quote-unquote discover Australia, despite the fact that many people think he was, he and his crew were the first known Europeans to sight a kangaroo. So, at least to record the fact, right? So, there may have been previous Europeans who did so, but they never wrote it down. So, as Cook sailed up the east coast of Australia, he was mapping the coastline. He was trying to draw it to help other ships, to help other people who came to Australia. Um, As he was doing this up the coastline of Australia, his ship, the Endeavour, struck the Great Barrier Reef and it nearly sank. So, the Endeavour was eventually brought for repairs into the harbour that is formed by a river, now known as the Endeavour River, for obvious reasons. Um, He landed there on the 10th of June in 1770, and Cook and his crew spent about two months or so repairing his ship in this bay. During this time, he allowed his botanist, Sir Joseph Banks, um, heaps of time to go ashore and check out the flora and the fauna in the surrounding area. And on the 14th of July, 1770, a crewman shot a strange-looking unknown animal. And this turned out to be a kangaroo. So, the creature was brought back to his camp for examination. The skin was taken back to England eventually. And the word kangaroo is believed to have come from the Aboriginal word gunguru, which is a gugu yimijir word. I hope I said that right. Referring to the grey kangaroo. So, gunguru. And this word was recorded by Sir Joseph Banks as kangaroo or kanguru. And so, I thought that I would read to you the diary entry where Captain Cook talks about 
the kangaroo and what his first impressions of this animal were. So, here we go. The head, neck and shoulders of this animal was very small in proportion to the other parts. The tail was nearly as long as the body, thick next to the rump and tapering towards the end. The forelegs were 8 inches long and the hind 22. Its progression is by hopping or jumping 7 or 8 feet at each hop upon its hind legs only. For in this it makes no use of the fore, which seem to be only designed for scratching in the ground, and the skin is covered with a short, hairy fur of a dark mouse or grey colour. Excepting the head and ears, which I thought was something like a hare's, it bears no sort of resemblance to any European animal I ever saw. It is said to bear much resemblance to the jaboa, excepting in size, the jaboa being no larger than a common rat. So, there you go, guys. Captain Cook and his crew are apparently the first Europeans to have ever seen a kangaroo in Australia. I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. I hope you enjoy the Aussie fact. Um, A bit of outro spiel as usual, guys. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. You can download the MP3 and the written transcript for this episode when you visit the AussieEnglishPodcast.com. You can click the link that will be attached to this episode. And there are a bunch of other resources for today's content as well. Remember, it's my mission here to help you learn Australian English as best I can, guys. So, if you have some feedback or if you have some suggestions, feel free to send me a message on the Aussie English Facebook page. Simply jump on Facebook and search Aussie English and you'll find it and you can send me a message on there. If you want to help the podcast, please share it with a friend who might need help learning Australian English or who might find this podcast interesting. And also, make sure you sign up to the Aussie English Classroom if you haven't already so that you can learn English even faster. The last thing is that if you feel like supporting Aussie English in a different way, you can do so via the Aussie English Patreon page, starting from as little as $1 a month. Just search Aussie English Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or click on the link in this transcript. Anyway, as it seems is becoming the pattern, today has been a long episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a killer Christmas. Merry Christmas, and I'll see you guys next week. Catch ya. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aussie English Podcast. If you wish to support the podcast and help me keep bringing you content, you can do so via my Patreon page. Remember, it's my mission here at Aussie English not only to help you understand Australian English, but to speak it like a native. If that's your goal, make sure you enroll in the Aussie English Classroom, guys, where you'll get all the bonus content for today's episode designed to improve your English even faster. Have a ripper of a day and I'll see you in class. (laughs) 